I confess, I once had sex on this very stage. This podcast is intended for those 18 and over. If that's not you, please check out scarletine.com and come back to this podcast when you are of age. Thank you for downloading the Bedpost Confessions podcast. Bedpost Confessions is an Austin, Texas-based monthly reading and performance series about sex, sensuality, and the steamy side of life. Between performers, we ask audience members to anonymously submit anything worthy of a confession, which is then read aloud by one of our producers. The performance you're about to hear by Kate was recorded on October 13th, 2011. Kate will be sharing a choose-your-own-adventure based on true sexcapades of her friends. Here is Kate. So I wrote uh, like several permutations of stories, and they're all based on things that have really happened to people that I know. And um, so you're going to come to these, uh, I want to use a math word, you're going to come to these vertices of decisions <laughs> where, <laughs> where y'all are going to vote on what happens next, and that's going to be like a sound thing. And then the other thing is when I'm up here, I kind of... Um, can't see or hear because I'm terrified, and um, so I'll try to hear what's loudest, but then maybe I'll just do what I want to do. <laughs> so, right? Okay, good. So, you, brave adventurer, are totally hard up for booty, and the world is not offering much in the prospects for booty getting. Despite having had terrible luck on past forays into online dating, you find yourself resurrecting your old OkCupid okay profile. <laughs> The bottom line is, hanging out and knocking boots is the extent of your interests, but your suitor must make an effort to make you feel at least sort of a little bit special. <laughs> Within a day or two, you have some viable options lighting up your personal electronic devices. You narrow it down to two. A French male dancer whose headless, shirtless torso seems vaguely familiar. Or a woman in filmmaking school who seems charming and funny. So this is our first decision. Who do you have coffee with, the French dancer or the funny, mil- uh, the funny filmmaker? So French dancer, make noise. And funny filmmaker, make noise. You pick the first dead end. The funny filmmaker, I'll do it quickly. The funny filmmaker's named Carly. She suggests suggests that you meet up for bubble tea. And after a series of getting to know you interests, first date kind of questions that reveal you are a vegan, Carly says she's been eating a lot of Burger King lately and she has a lot of coupons and do you want to go? Of course not. You just told her you're vegan, but you go anyway. It comes out when you move to Boston, you left someone behind in Florida, and Carly wants to know if you would take the old boyfriend back if he moved here. What if, she says, what if he were naked in the rain holding a puppy? She looks at you intently. This is not really first date kind of conversation. You can feel her brain constructing the movie scene, and you consider the fact that dating her would would require you to attend a lot of student film events. You answer honestly... Yes, definitely I would take him back. Looking wistful at the romance of a boyfriend standing in the rain with a puffy, Carly says, yeah, me too. 
Then she asks if you think she looks sexy while eating her first spicy chicken sandwich smothered with ranch dressing. By sandwich number three, you are sick to your stomach, and this date is done in the water. The end. So this was what would have happened if you had picked right. The French male dancer is your former uh, roommate Jacques from when you lived in Belgium, right? Um, who you've always had a bit of a crush on. You proceed with your coffees, and it turns out he's always had a bit of a crush on you, too. Since you know him not to be a crazy stalker person, you invite him to come out to a party or friend's farm out in the country. Draped all over a hot tub are hot vegans. There's a lot of vegans in the story. I don't know why. I'm not vegan. Um, many, of them, many of them are friends of yours who are tripping on acid and mostly naked and making out. You settle in next to Jacques, who is suddenly shrinking away, sitting with his knees tucked under his chin, arms latched around his legs, and yet he is still flirting from you, from his weird person shelter. And you think, what the hell? And you lean in for a smooch, and he is totally into it, and you get bolder. And reaching around uh, him to pull yourself closer, your hand brushes up the reason for his strange mood. He has the biggest boner! And you're like... And you're like, oh shit, I get it now. And, and you touch each other under the water for a bit more. This is all verbatim from an email from a friend. And then, and then as you start getting out of the water, a longtime friend of yours, handsome and outgoing and really stoned Henry, also notices Jacques' enormous hard-on. And winking at you, Henry starts boasting about his dick-sucking talents and demands that Jacques let him demonstrate. Yeah, there's a vertex coming. And, and Jacques looks at you. He's obviously intrigued by Henry's offer, and yet he still has the courtesy to wonder if you're okay with it. So this is your, your second decision. How do you respond? Okay, we're going for it. Henry, no, it works out better this way. Henry... Henry gets the green light, and you were like way, way more into it than you would have imagined. And you are totally shocked, but you're also like, damn, this is hot. This is more verbatim from the email. And then Henry notices your interest and tells you to get in on the action. And you surprise yourself by joining Henry on your knees. And a sizable crowd of vegans has gathered now to watch, <laughs> to watch, to watch you and Henry sucking up Jacques passing his cock back and forth like a peace pipe. And Jacques is loving it, but he's also getting more and more uncomfortable, as one does. And you gently shove Henry off of Jacques' dick, and you lead your date by the hand towards the woods. You reach a clearing, and Jacques says in his ridiculous French accent, that was awesome. And then y'all start getting down. The sex is fantastic. Maybe it's just being outside and everything smelling like fresh cut grass. Maybe it's the rush from having just done something so outrageous. Maybe it's a sense of celestial love and peace and harmony that comes from fucking someone you've wanted to fuck for a really long time. And maybe it's because he's French. <laughs> and you are both frantic with your mouths and hands, sucking on things, biting on things, sticking your hands in things and wiggling them. <laughs> And then he starts fucking you. Wait, he is trying to fuck you. Except your gender non-specific orifice, I forgot to tell you, you're genderless in this story. So that everyone could live it for themselves, right? Is like, no way, Jose, can't do this big old cock. And he adds some more spit and goes a little slower. And it's working. And it gets to be too much for a second. And he whispers in your ear, shh, 
It is okay. <laughs> also verbatim. Which would be really creepy, except you're totally into it. The whisper makes you relax and relax, and it goes all the way in. Hooray! And he has just he has just flipped you over into your favorite position when some people wander by with flashlights and say, "Look, people are fucking right there." Turns out you are not in a private wooded area, but in the middle of an open field that separates a peach orchard from another cabin on the property that is full of other hot vegans. And one of the voices is an ex-boyfriend you've been half-heartedly lusting after for some time. What do you do? What do you do? Do you keep doing it with Jacques, which frankly is starting to cause chafing of your gender non-specific private parts? Or do you climb off, wipe the love dew off your crotch with a leaf, and chase the ex? So, Jacques, do we stay with Jacques? Or do we chase the ex? All right, hold on, I gotta find it. Uh, yeah, fuck him. Um, oh, you just did. Uh, um, that's what she said. Uh, uh, <laughs> You explain to Jacques that you are too chafed to continue, which is not a total lie, and dismount the front steed. Summoning all of the skills you have accrued since 10th grade, you give him the world's fastest hand job. Begging him to come all over you always does the trick. And before he's totally finished ejaculating, you're fully dressed and have your shoes back on. By the time you make it back to the cabin, your ex is ensconced in a circle of hot, laughing vegans. You can tell that he's really super drunk from how flappy his head is. This might not work out after all. Picking at what remains of the hippie feast, you wonder if you should regret ditching Jacques and what to do next. Then you see through the sliding door that Jacques has made his way back to, and he's talking to Henry out by the hot tub that you're a slut. And there is no way you're going home now, not when you haven't even gotten off yet, and Jacques is laying the foundation for round two. <laughs> Fuck that. Scanning the room, you settle on two viable options. The ex-boyfriend, who hopefully isn't as drunk as the night he peed on your hand, <laughs> who has definitely been making friendly eye contact a couple, eyes, a couple times now, or a pretty redhead who's been making small talk with you about the hummus. Redhead. Redhead. All right, redhead. What? What? Okay. You turn to the cute redhead and smile her and tell her that she's really pretty. And then you dip your finger in a bowl of hummus and hold it out for her to lick it off your finger. And you're almost certain that this isn't going to work. And as it turns out, she's really into licking the hummus off your finger. All breathy and husky, she says, more, more hummus. More. So you dip two fingers into the hummus and she devours the chickpea puree all over again. You pull her in tight and press your thigh between her legs and kiss her. She grinds harder and harder against your leg, then breaks away and leads you by the hand to a room down the hall. A little later, after rolling around half naked in a deliciously high school kind of way, redhead starts looking a little wan, shall we say. She says, I think I'm going to be sick. So you run out to find a trash can, and by the time you find something to get back, she's lolling around, moaning, took you so fucking long, why, God, why? And then she turns her head to the side and pukes a little purple neon madness on the bed and a little on the floor, and most of it on a tiny Pomeranian. 
This should end the night. But after you get it all cleaned up, Redhead claims to be up for more. This, okay, so this detail was taken from a story about my friend getting his first blowjob. He's caught up in the moment of it all. And then he's like, it's warm and it's spreading. And wait, it doesn't usually feel like that. And the girl had thrown up on him. Wait, 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 it's worse. And then she tells him off and it smells like, uh, coke and vanilla stoli and vomit and then she says I'll go back I'll do more I'll fin-. you're like yeah and then she throws up on him again <laughs> first blowjob okay so what do you do now do you wash your hands of the whole damn mess and go sleep it off in the car or do you stick around and see what happens next obviously that's what we're gonna do <laughs> obviously so You stay over, and this is when it gets kind of gross. And you wake up next to a bloody handprint on the white pillow. Yeah, it's fucking gross. This is also verbatim from an email. Ugh, even through the hangover, you know you have done something fucked up. You turn your head the other way. There is definitely a Pomeranian licking the redhead's butt crack. What has gone on in here? And then someone stirs on your other side. It's ex-boyfriend. I hop, he says. You are about to accept his offer of pancakes when you notice that right behind his ear and slowly leaking down his neck is a sizable clot of blood. I told you it's gross. In his white blonde, this is also verbatim, in his white blonde hair all around it, it is red like some fucking lion had just eaten a gazelle. (laughs) You shove yourself into your clothes and get the hell out of there. Thank you. Kate writes about all sorts of foolishness, usually in her head, during her commute to the high school where she teaches math. She also enjoys playing erotic photo hunt at the bar, dozing off while attempting to watch movies with her girlfriend of two and a half years, and suppressing all negative emotions except anger. She's working on that, sort of. For many, admittedly shallow reasons, Kate is not okay with people wearing socks during sexual activity. Bedpost Confessions is produced by myself, Mia Martina of the I Want Your Sex podcast, Sadie Smythe of sadiesopenmarriage.com, Julie Gillis of juliegillis.com, and Rosie Q of sayprettybird.blogspot.com. You can find links to all of our websites and more information about Bedpost Confessions at bedpostconfessions.com. You can also confess with us at Bedpost Confessions on Facebook and on Twitter as Bedpost Confess, where we tweet past confessions from the audience. Chime in and add yours. Until next time, we'll leave you with a few other confessions from the audience. I confess, I truly love it when a girl tells me her slutty secrets when we hook up. I play like it's gross, but it turns me on. If you've been fucked by two men at once and tell me while we're uh, in bed, I'll turn to you and whisper in your ear while I drool on your neck and dig my fingers into your hips. I like the sluttiest girls. (laughs) Don't we all? What was that? I confess, I had 
sexual relationship. <laughs> I confess I had sexual relations with 17% of my Facebook friends. Does, does Facebook do that? How'd you get this percentage? Is that a new feature? That's amazing. Facebook. Political moment here. I confess, I want to have sex with the first woman who volunteers to on the city hall steps for Occupy Wall Street. I, I think you mean Occupy Austin. Yes. Yes. Good plan. I confess, I left my straps in my briefcase after an afternoon of tying up my lover. I quickly had to close my briefcase after opening opening it in front of a client. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I confess, during my last interview with a prestigious, prestigious, sorry, law firm, I wanted nothing more than to get down on my knees in my nice suit and lick my interviewer's Oxford shoes. <laughs> well said. I confess, I wish I had a dick so I could suck it and I could slap her with it. <laughs> That's so sweet. 